everyone, this is Emily from The Female Abroad, and you are listening to the Incurable Wonderlusts podcast, which offers tips, tricks, and trips to help make you a more confident and knowledgeable traveler. Here we provide and discuss firsthand knowledge from our trips to make sure your trip planning is easier. Be sure to follow so you can find this podcast when you really need it and visit thefemaleabroad.com for podcast transcripts, our social media links, and more information that can help you with all your travel planning. Welcome to the Incurable Wonderlust podcast. Today we are going to go over seating on an airplane, such as what the best seats are, how to find the best seats on a plane, what different seating plans mean, and more. So if this sounds interesting to you, keep on listening. Now before we jump into picking a seat, did you know that planes can have different seating configurations? Whether it's a Boeing or Airbus, seat configurations can be different depending on the airline, so you will want to take a look at a seating map. When it comes to speaking about configurations, you may hear something like two, three, two. This means that the left side of the plane, there's two seats together, three seats in the middle, and two seats on the right side. I've flown on planes with a variety of seating configurations, but typically you will see three, 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 two, three, two, and two, four, two. They're the ones you often see in economy. But I was on a plane once that had a two, five, two configuration, but this is less popular. As the person in the middle, it's extremely difficult for a steward to serve them as you have to lean across two people to get their order or to pass them something. And if the person in the middle needs to get up to go to the bathroom, they have to climb over two people no matter which way they get up. Now, for some people, the configuration of their plane is extremely important and they will even fly on a different flight or with a different carrier if it is not the configuration that they like. So if this is something important to you, then I would take a look at a seating map for your flight or the flight you're thinking of booking on SeatGuru or SeatLink to see what the plane configuration is currently planned for that specific trip. And they may have additional layouts for other planes that may fly that exact same flight as well. So while airlines can change the planes that they do use, especially if it's going to be fuller or emptier than expected, at least you'll have an idea as to what you can expect the layout of the plane to be at the time that you're booking. So these websites, the Seat Guru and the Seat Link, can also tell you if it's going to be a Boeing or an Airbus flight. If you want to know more about which one of these airplanes flies, which company planes, or even the class of the planes, then I'll list some handy reference websites in the description of this episode so you can dig in a little deeper. Now, one quick tip without looking at a plane that you can figure out which version it is, is by looking at the flight number. If it starts with an A, it's going to be an Airbus. If it starts with a 7, then it's a Boeing. Now, let's start to get into the core of this episode. The most popular question I get when it comes to flights is, how do I know what the best seats on the plane are? To determine this, I will usually ask, do you want the seats that fit best or with what you prefer? Or are you looking for the best ranked seat? The reason I ask these questions is because there is a website, which I just previously mentioned, called SeatGuru, 
which will allow you to look up the seating plan for the plane you are most likely to be flying on. And the seats are actually ranked by people, so you know what people prefer. I've been using Seat Guru for a little over a decade, and it's been recently snapped up by TripAdvisor in the last couple of years, so the information is relatively up-to-date if you want to go with this ranking system. It's also a great way to determine what seats are best if you don't have any specific preferences. However, if you do have preferences, then you can always use the seat map just to kind of determine which seat designation and what area might work for the preferences that you have, as people can also leave comments on these seats. So some of the questions that I normally ask to help discover preferences are, do you have long legs or require more leg room? If so, then you'll want to sit either in a bulkhead seat, which are the seats at the front of each section, an exit row, or in a class that is higher than economy. To determine what class might work best, you might need to do a little bit of hunting to be able to find out what the seat legroom is. However, usually a quick search of your airline name, comma, seat legroom, and pitch will come up on Google quite easily. Now, seat pitch is the space between the back of your seat and the back of the seat in front of you when the seats are upright. In economy, this is usually about 29 to 34 inches or 74 to 89 centimeters, and that will give you about 30 inches or 76.2 centimeters, give or take an inch or so of legroom. Now, some people will think that the more seat pitch you have equals more legroom. And while this is a little bit of a good way to kind of get an idea, it's not always the best way to tell how much legroom you'll get as it does not take into consideration things like the thickness of the seat or the tray table in front of you. So you'll want to find the actual legroom. If you can't find it on Google or you're just don't have enough time to be Googling and digging in and looking at different websites, you can always just pick up the phone and call the airline as they'll have that information ready. Now, if you do not want to pay for a class of service above economy, then look at booking yourself into a bulkhead or exit row seat as this will guarantee extra legroom. One thing to note is that a lot of people with longer legs will also choose the aisle to stick their legs out into it but you're not supposed to do that, so don't be surprised if an air steward asks you to move your legs back in front of your person. And you also have to take into consideration when the cart will be traveling up and down the aisle. So during food and beverage services, um, sometimes when they're selling duty-free items as well, you'll have to keep your legs in front of you. So be wary of that, especially if you have to have your tray table down for eating as well. Another question, do you travel with multiple items or things that you need to have easy access to? If so, you'll want to stay away from the bulkhead seats. Because there's no one in front of you, there's no chair to store your items under, so everything has to go up and above. I also find that window seats provide more space to shove things underneath, but However, you'll also want to keep who you're traveling with in mind as well, because with children, bulkhead seats might work better because there's more space for them to kick, play, stretch, and they won't feel as blocked in. Do you want a seat that reclines? If so, then you'll want to avoid the very back rows of the plane and exit rows as those will not recline. Depending on the airline you fly with, 
You may also have to book economy plus or premium economy to get reclining seats. Do you want a higher chance of having a full row to yourself? The further back on the plane you sit, the higher chances you have of sitting alone or with a flight attendant. The only downside is you get the smells from the bathroom, the seats won't recline if you're in the very last row, and you're some of the last people to get off the plane. If you are flying with someone and you want to make sure that you get a row just for the two of you, if you're sitting in a configuration of more than two seats together, then you can always try this trick too, where one of you books an aisle seat and one of you books a window seat. As most people do not want to sit in the middle, those will be some of the last seats that get booked. However, this trick can backfire and you might have a stranger in between the two of you that does not want to move. Want to get sleep or off the plane quick? Then you'll want a seat that is closest to the front of the plane. If you want to sleep, I would go a little bit further and pick a window seat as then you can lay your head against the wall of the aircraft. But if you want off quick, then pick an aisle. If you're planning on sleeping, then you may even want to decide which side of the plane is better based on where the sun will shine. As a rule of thumb, if you're in the northern hemisphere and you're headed east, then sit on the right side of the plane. If you're going west, then you'll want the left side. This is because the sun will then be on your side of the plane. So if you close your blind, you'll block it out instead of having it glare at you across the plane because someone's looking out their window. Do you have a fear of heights or flying? If so, then don't sit in a window seat. Pick an aisle seat, preferably towards the back of the plane, as this is not only the safest area to be if the plane goes down, but you are also closer to the galley, which makes it easier for flight attendants to use their skills to help keep you calm. You're also, you can, if you want to, be some of the last people on the plane just by waiting before you join. Now, if you want to be on the wall of the aircraft and not in an aisle or a middle, you could always look for a seat that doesn't have a window. Those ones are usually the ones that are over or close to the wings. Do you get motion sickness or does turbulence terrify you? Then you'll want a seat over the wing as this is the smoothest place to sit but it can also be the loudest. So if you'll want headphones, you'll want to look for something noise canceling or that fits inside of your ear. Now, is there something special you need like a baby seat or maybe two seats if one isn't enough? There are sometimes limited spots for these special seats. So you will want to call the airline directly to get these arranged properly for your needs. Some airlines will allow you, if you need two seats for one person, they'll allow them to book online and then you just call the airline and have the second seat refunded. But this varies from airline to airline, so it's always best to just call and talk to someone in their call center. Now, when it comes to flying, if you book the cheapest ticket you can pay for and then try to book your seat at that time, but you're hoping to get it for free, this generally does not work. You actually won't be allowed to pick a free seat until 24 hours before your flight boards. Now, due to this, if you're someone that has to have a specific seat, then you'll want to book it at the same time as your ticket. And the cost of booking the seat varies from carrier to carrier, location of the seat on the plane, how full the plane is, and how popular the seat is as well.
Another thing to keep in mind is the currency of the booking will be done in the currency of the country you are departing from. So even if you're on their website and it states your chosen currency, when it comes time to charge, you'll be charged in the departing country's currency. So if you're using a credit card that charges exchange fees, it might be a little bit higher of a cost than you were planning as well. However, since the cost of meals and seats can add up, I'll usually look at economy and the class above it to see if the price difference is worth it to pay a little bit more. I mean, it's super easy these days to spend $100 on picking your seats and checking your bags. But for $200, maybe even $300, you can get a larger seat with more leg space, a meal, a chosen seat, luggage checked, uh, and even other things too like uh, mileage points, priority check-in, priority baggage offloading, and even more depending on who you're flying with. So it never hurts just to take a look at the seat class ahead of you, uh, as you never know what you'll find. Now, looping back a little bit to the 24 hours before you fly notice, so typically the airline will send out an email alerting or asking you to check in for your flight. What I mean by this is if your flight departs at 4 a.m. on August 13th, then at 4 a.m. on August 12th, you'll receive an email or an alert if you have those set up through their apps that you can now check in for your flight. These emails are very important, so do not ignore them. Besides allowing you to book your seat, they may also include upgrade offers at reasonable discounts. They'll let you know if there have been any changes to your flight. And if you do use them to check in, then the chance of getting bumped off your flight is greatly reduced. If you do wait for this 24-hour window, however, to try and get seats together with someone you're traveling with instead of paying, then you might have to be okay with sitting alone. You can go to the airport and upon check-in, ask if there's any way that they can shuffle seats to have the two of you sitting together, but a lot of flight attendants don't want to have to shuffle a full plane around so the two of you can sit together because you were cheap or they have a rule where they're not allowed to make those rule those movements anymore unless there's a specific medical reason example. Now when it comes to making your seat more comfortable, there are quite a few products on the market, but it all depends on how much you want to pack with you. You could purchase things like a sleep mask, travel neck pillow, travel lumbar support, armrest divider, footrest, face mask, seat cushion, travel blankets, pillows, and so much more. Now, unless you're doing nothing but sleeping on the flight, then that's a lot to pack in your carry-on, then unpack it on a plane, set it up, then take it down and repack it as you're waiting to get off the flight. For me, that's too much. I always just tend to pack a little thing of sanitizing wipes so then I can give my area a quick wipe down. Then I have a neck pillow, which I can turn into a lumbar or head pillow, my electronics, a crossword book, my journal, a blow-up neck pillow, just in case I lose something or maybe I want a little bit more oomph to my current neck pillow, a full water bottle, tight socks, and some hand cream in case I start to dry out. I use my coat as a blanket. I find a lot of airlines won't actually let you use the hanging footrest because you have to attach it to the seat in front of you. A face mask is generally overkill. If my butt is starting to fall asleep, then I'll get up and move around. 
And unless you have two kids that are fighting over an armrest, if you pull out an armrest divider, the stranger next to you usually does not enjoy the divider being used as it does stick out. So then they'll have something poking into their sides and they'd much rather just have the armrest. Now, as an unspoken rule and a courtesy, if you are in a middle seat, you get both armrests. So if you're in an aisle or a window, don't fight the person. Just let them have their armrest. And with that, we're at the end of this month's episode. Are there any tips that we didn't cover that you would recommend or maybe there's something you want to know more on? Just let me know in the comments or the review section below, depending on what platform you're listening to, and we can look forward to using that in a future upcoming episode. Now, also, don't forget to check out this episode's description for some helpful links that can go further into these topics. Safe travels! Thank you for listening to the Incurable Wonderlust podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode as well as to make it easy so you can find us when booking your next trip. If you can, recommend the Incurable Wonderlust and the Female Abroad to those that you travel with. Feel free to leave us a rating and review and if there are any topics that you're interested in learning more about or want to hear about, then make sure to include them. Also, do not forget to visit thefemaleabroad.com for helpful tips, tricks, and trips to help you on your next vacation. Are you also interested in booking your own trip, but you don't know where to start? Then check out our travel planning services. The Incurable Wonderlust has new episodes released every three weeks. So thanks again for listening, and until you tune in again, safe travels! <laughs>